Welcome back, everybody, to the Stark Wars podcast. Uh, we are recapping episode two of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And I'm here with my favorite man to lock legs with and soul gaze, Tommy Pizzullo. How you doing? Good. I was just going to say this is our therapy session. Um, I'm going to ask you about how, uh, you know, mi- you know, Captain America, if, if he didn't think you, if he picked you and you didn't want it and... Am I good enough? And am I am I good enough to be Captain America? Am I good enough for for this world, Michael? Well, here's the deal. I don't think either of us are good enough, and that's why we brought on a guest today. We have a guest Amen. again. Yes, uh, we're here with the host of the Mike White Was Robbed podcast, Naomi Calhoun. How you doing? I'm great. I'm so excited to be your therapist for this episode. Um, and I will have you arrested if you don't show up. No, not that's not a court ordered <laughs> podcast with Naomi. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we were definitely, and we were definitely on time. Uh, we mm-hmm. definitely didn't didn't show up late. You didn't have to call the police. It's all good. Well, I, it's funny because Michael was like, "I'm sorry, if you have to go anywhere," and I was like, "It's a pandemic, and I'm alone in my apartment, and it's like nine at night. I have nowhere to be." <laughs> So Naomi, I want to dive in here. I, I want to hear like what your thought is. Like maybe maybe Marvel as a whole, but maybe more so Marvel Television, and then more specifically like the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, because it, it's an interesting time uh, for this podcast. First of all, it was strategically timed with all of these new shows coming out. So yeah, I'm just kind of interested to hear what you think of like the Marvel universe as a whole now and Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Well, I messaged you that I had seen all of the Marvel movies that have Tom Holland in them and are sequels. And I like haven't seen any of the originals, uh, except for Black Panther, because that slaps. But for me, Marvel was something that I, I would hear people talk about at parties and go, well, I will never watch that. And then uh, at some point, my boyfriend was like, I'm going to start watching the Marvel movies if you want to watch them, you can. And so I would just watch over his shoulder and then Tom Holland entered the picture and I watched all of those. And then I think overall, I love what Marvel is doing with the television shows because I'm a TV person. And I, I always find the movies to be like either like hitting you over the head with like cry in the theater, you dummy, or they're too short and there's not enough story to them. So I love the TV shows because there's way more story to explore and I love that we get to see the characters beyond their like, you know, I'm going to do a cool landing. I'm going to give you a cool line and that's it. And so I, I enjoyed WandaVision a lot um, and I'm excited to get to know uh, Bucky and Sam a little bit better because I know very little about them. Yeah, Tommy, I'm interested. Uh, this was—I I really, I really liked this episode specifically. Um, I think this show has gotten a lot deeper than I think anyone had really expected. I think the same thing came out of Wandavision. I think that's one thing I really love about these Marvel shows is they're de- they're tackling real world problems in a fun way. So, uh, Tommy, what do you think about the episode? Yeah, I mean that's the thing I didn't realize until today that this is only going to be a six episode season. So everything's mm-hmm. coming very fast. And uh, I liked the episode. I liked how they dealt with some of the more serious topics. Um, I liked the character development that we got with John, uh, John Williams. I liked the character development we got between Falcon and Bucky. 
um, just more of their bickering. I mean, that's why why they even got a show, right? Is is from their bickering. I'm hoping it stops at some point. Like maybe the therapist will come back, uh, give them some like Capri Suns, and they'll go along their way. You know. I didn't want to interrupt you, but uh, I think it's John Walker. Just so John Walker. Why did I write John Williams? All right, John Walker. John that's Williams, a, the, you know, the composer. Yeah, yeah. John, yeah. That's what you're thinking. John Williams was uh, Captain. Listen, it was. 7 a.m. when I watched this for the <laughs> so <laughs> from now on he's known in my head as John Williams. Hey, we'll take it's a okay. John Williams too. I literally don't John Walker is, is the new Captain America, right? Like I literally watched this show and I didn't absorb this because <laughs> I I just call it in my head he's just new Captain America. Like I don't need to know his name. It's just this guy. And also what a boring name. Like John Walker, that's nothing. Give him something interesting. Yeah, and I'm 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 gonna go ahead and say it up top. Uh, we're gonna dive into it. People are gonna hate me on Twitter, but I'm here to defend John Walker while I can. Okay. Oh. I know well, you is, can is key. <laughs> I I'm always the devil's advocate on this show, and look, I don't think John Walker is the worst villain in the Marvel universe. Everybody, so uh, we'll get into that. Uh, if everybody's ready, I'm just gonna dive right into this episode. Yeah, um, you might want to explain why villain, but we'll get there, I guess. <laughs> yeah, well, eventually. Um, but yeah, I, I guess the, the the episode opens, and, and we kind of pick up right where we left off. We're getting more of John Walker, our new Captain America. Um, he's kind of hanging out in the locker room, practicing his, uh, his cat voice, which I thought was really funny. Um, what do you make of uh, what do you make of this whole intro for John Walker, Naomi? Um, I wrote down, uh, I'm so reminded of the boys, but also Billy Lynn's halftime walk, um, which I don't know if anybody else saw that movie, but I did. And um, it just it just reminds me of like all the recent like kind of making fun of patriotism I think we've seen in like movies and TV. Um, but I did think it was like a good character moment, right? He's very nervous. He doesn't really know how people are going to ex- accept him. And then all he's really doing is doing like a good morning America interview. And like, and, and they're showing up, we'll get into the footage of him in that scene because that had me absolutely rolling. But like, it, it's just so funny that it's like, oh, I'm so nervous to talk to a knockoff Katie Couric, but I like the scene in general. Like it was, it's a good character building moment. As you said, what about you? Yeah, I mean, it from, yeah, for me, it definitely made me start to like him a little bit. Like he had some, I mean, I got to know who he was a little bit more. He has a wife, I think. I think that was his wife who showed up. That's nice. Um, and I, I like the line where he's like, ex- they expect me to be, to be something and I don't want to fail them. Like, I feel like it's setting him up that he has this immense pressure put onto him. I mean, could you imagine just one day they're like, all right, you're Captain America. Good luck, buddy. Get out there. I'd freeze. I would not be. I I would not be able to talk to fake Katie Couric. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like uh, it's not quite like being the president, but everybody knew. Maybe it is kind of being like the president because everybody knows who you are. Like because that's how big Captain America is in this world. Like, and, and you're not. And this guy in particular, I don't know. I mean, what is he? Uh, Twenty nine in the show. Like he's he's a child, right? And he's being thrust out of the world. And um, yeah. Yeah, he's a great he's a great foil for Sam and Bucky because especially Sam because right it's the story of how Sam doesn't want to be Captain America, and you can see like the pressure that Sam might have been under, 
And honestly, I'm with Sam. Fuck it. I don't want to be Captain America. Like, I'm someone else. Yeah, this poor sucker from West Point, MIT studied body. You can be Captain America. I'm going to go to Louisiana and eat something. Like, I don't have time for this. Yeah, and I mean, we see it with, like, we see it with (laughs) Isaiah later of, like, what the world sometimes does to people. And it's, like, it's hard to be in the spotlight in that way. And um, especially the pressure of Captain America because it is, you know, he said it from the beginning, it is such a legacy. Um, and I, I thought he handled it well. I did towards the end of the speech get more of a, what's the future for him? Because the whole like, oh, he's not, he he was top of everything, but he had new superpowers. Maybe we'll get into this in our predictions, but you got no super strength, bud. I don't, I don't know about that. That's my, that's my thoughts on that. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure we'll have some fun predictions a little later on about where this is all going. Um, <laughs> also, can yeah. we talk about the fact that that was at a high school? That was supposed to be a high school. They're like, you returned to your old high school. And I was like, this is a fucking college if I've ever seen one. Like, huge stadium of people. Like, like so many people holding a flag. Are like, We had a good marching band and we couldn't even pull that off. And, and the dancers, okay, those dancers were not high school students. I looked at them. I I observed not high school student dancers. They were like wearing crop tops. It's crazy. I just love that line. It was like what? what, what? It oh, was man. all staged. It was all they they flew in the best dancers. They're like your high schoolers now. Uh, get ready. They had to it's register okay. them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> See my more, but and on John Walker here. Like I feel like the worst thing he does in this episode, like because. Honestly, he's trying to help throughout, but the worst thing that he does is he says Steve feels like a brother because we're following these two people in the show that like if anybody feels like brothers, it's it's Sam and Bucky. Um, the worst thing he does is kind of intrude on that relationship and say that, oh, no, that this is I, I'm I'm like the brother to Steve. So um, that that's my step one into defending John Walker here. Um, <laughs> but we'll go into our next scene here and, and we will go to. um the real brothers here we get we get falcon and bucky again and uh bucky's bucky's mad that he gave up the shield and now there's this new cap um and uh i thought i thought sam had a funny line here he said what should i do call america and tell him i changed my mind (laughs) (laughs) oh my god also wait i forgot to mention that bucky's house is completely empty except for like one chair when he's watching tv (laughs) but he's not even sitting on the chair he's on the floor I, I mean, it's like, <laughs> I guess it's like character development, but to me, it's just like, Bucky won't, doesn't want to sit in the chair. <laughs> He's just alone in his house. He's like, the floor. I will choose the floor. Yeah. So sad. Maybe that's all he can afford off his salary since we don't know how they're getting paid. Maybe all he can afford is that chair. Yeah, exactly. he gets he gets paid in like Bitcoin through the government now, and he can't buy anything, but he's really rich. Um. <laughs> You know, I also really liked this uh, this fight between them because I think they're both able to be very, very funny and then very, very serious at the same time. Uh, and that is why I think you said before, like, this is the perfect relationship to put into a TV show. And uh, I don't think it could carry its own movie. Like, and I, I don't say that because I don't think that they're good enough, but like, it's because it needs more time. It needs more action sequences and it needs more situations than a, a one and a half hour movie or I guess four hour movie at this point could provide. It's like, it needs the time to sort of 
develop in in an interesting way. And uh, Marvel is doing something really interesting with like the smaller villains. And that's why I think these TV shows work so well is because the villains are so small, but the story is so necessary. Yeah, uh, I love that. And uh, again, like their bantering is is on point and they did. They bounce back and forth this entire episode from like some very serious topics to some pretty funny stuff. One of the one of the funnier moments here in the scene, we get the big three, which I thought the big three was Michael, Tommy and Naomi. But uh, look, I'm not going to judge. Apparently, the big three is uh, apparently. Yeah. Which one are you more afraid of of the three? Oh, great question. Probably aliens, right? Aliens, wizards, and what else? Androids. Uh, Androids. Yeah. Oh, androids, for sure. Man, those motherfuckers are going to take over. My cash register is going to eat me. I don't trust it. One second. Uh-uh. Yeah, I was going to say androids. Listen, TV has got us set up for aliens. We know to be scared of them. But the androids, we're already integrated into our lives. That's yeah, like Alexa's listening to me in the other room. Like, I'm scared, you know? Alexa's getting a preview of this podcast. Damn, Alexa. <laughs> Alexa uh, and I are fight right now. Yeah. Cause she just won't stop listening to me. <laughs> but uh so so uh Sam here, he's gonna he's going off on a mission and uh they're going they're going to Germany and uh Bucky insists on coming with and this is this is when they're in the plane here. <laughs> uh this is pretty funny. Uh obviously Sam's kinda leaving him behind. He jumps out of the plane and then uh Bucky just jumps after him. What'd you guys think of Tommy? What do you think of uh uh, Bucky's jump here out of the plane. You know, like uh, tons of confidence. A hundred percent. I give him a ten out of ten for just like going for it. But like the actual like artistic uh, jump, probably like a five. He could have done a little better. Uh, Falcon's great. Looked just like Captain America's. It was beautiful. Ten out of ten for Falcons. Bucky's probably like a, a six overall. Mm-hmm. rough dismount rough dismount and yeah i i have in my notes i i wrote bucky falls from a fucking plane but then i also wanted to go back to two things i wrote down which is there was a quote that's like this isn't what steve wanted all steve cared about objectively in the end was going back in time to kiss a girl like he it doesn't care it doesn't matter what steve wants like he just went back in time to make out and like that to me says like why why are we so obsessed with what Steve wants? Like he clearly just makes his own decisions and doesn't care about you guys anymore. And then also the guy, this like one, I don't even remember what his name is. Like the army guy who got his ass kicked last episode. He's like an online group called the flag smashers. Like every group is an online group. It's the internet age. Like what are (laughs) online group? Like it, like you could say terrorist organization, and that would have some weight to it. But like online group, that means absolutely nothing. It's just like, yeah. hey, look, they're a Twitter forum. I don't know, like they're nothing. Flags I was gonna yeah. say it's the, it's the redditors coming. They're they they started a Reddit page. <laughs> yeah, yeah terrorists. Terrorists. I only know Twitters, so um... they can't. You can't smash a flag. Can we talk? Have you guys talked about this? We can't. You can't smash a flag. It's fabric. I don't understand how they were like, this is a perfect name. (laughs) What should we rename them? Flag. Yeah. Should we rename them like flag cutter flag, uh, flag ripper, um, even just flag destroyers. Like that's at least 
you can imagine it several different ways, right? But like, what are they going to do? Like freeze it in like, you know, uh, like nitrous, no, what is it? Is it nitrous oxide? Whatever the, you know, like the oh, liquid nitrogen, freeze the flag in liquid, liquid nitrogen and then just like smash it on the ground. I don't understand. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just like that pissed me off so much the first episode. And then this episode, it comes back and I was like, I don't understand how this made it through like so many people of creative decisions. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, well, to be fair, what so this came from the Flag Smasher, Tommy, maybe you can help me out here. Flag Smasher comes from the comics, right? Yeah, so Flag Smasher is a person, uh, and, and weirdly, I mean, not weirdly enough, the, the woman we meet later on, Carly, uh, is, is gender-bended Flag Smasher. I mean, the original name is Carl, um, and then whatever the last name is, I, you know, can't think of it right now, but, uh, it is a gender-bended uh, character so i'm assuming she is the flagship of the flag smashers and then uh they just decide to make a whole group out of it i don't know i love it so uh, back to i gotta say i because tommy you know we've talked about uh which character we would like to be if we were superheroes and which one we like more look uh, i'm just saying this dude ripped his leather jacket sleeve off with one arm and then jumped out of a plane and he didn't need the wings. So come on. Bucky is cool. No, Naomi, back me up here. <laughs> I, I agree. I wonder what to- Tommy looks like. He's about to tell you to go fuck yourself, but I, I agree. <laughs> no, just, okay. Your, your defense for winning a soldier is him jumping out of that plane. Did you see that? Did, we talked about this. Do you know how many trees he hit on the way down? He's destroying the environment. Falcon, no trees. <laughs> No Not trees the tree hit. smasher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the tree smasher. Yeah. Alchemy's I mean, here look, for the environment. Look, it's 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 cool to not have emotions. So that's why Bucky's cool, I think. Bucky's full is, is a is a bottle rocket of repressed emotions, and that's cool. Yeah, so the next scene we get here, um, we get some help from Red Wing. Red Wing is, uh, he's kind of surveying the spot, um, and they end up seeing the aforementioned flag smasher, Carly. They don't know it's Carly in the moment, but they see somebody in the back of the truck. And I guess at this point, they believe that uh, there's been a a hostage, that somebody has been kidnapped. Um, First of all, the leader of this flag smashers doesn't get to ride shotgun. That's a little weird to me. (laughs) Right, I mean, I love that. Why is she sitting in the back of the to- truck, Tommy? Well, because she she was just assuming someone maybe potentially was going to go uh, try to steal their stuff. So she knew. Listen, I'm not going to put any of my cronies in charge. The leader, I need to come in. I need to be the one kicking butt. Uh, she was taking charge. A hundred percent. Yeah. So- yeah, we get bad at badass Bucky sprinting after these trucks, right? Because that is just about as cool as it gets. Um, and he he th- he jumps up to the truck and he rips the back door open, and this is when he sees Carly, and chaos ensues from here. Um, this is this is the coolest fight scene, in my opinion, of anything that we've seen from Marvel Television that starts off here. Um, and uh, this is what, okay, I'll, I'll stop down here because one thing that, and I know Tommy, you're not a big uh, trailers guy. I know like my brother who we had last week, he's not a big trailers guy, but I love trailers. And and one thing that I really, and I know I'm well aware that sometimes I give away too much and, and sometimes I even regret it, but I can't help myself. I just love trailers. <laughs> but what I want to say is this this fight scene was heavily featured in the trailers, but what was cool about it 
was they hid the punch that uh, that John Walker joins the fight a little later on, which I thought that was so cool. I wasn't expecting that. Um, it was a cool way to divert us in the trailers. It kind of tricks you on its own. You kind of get the preview without the actual context of what the scene's going to be. So, uh, yeah, I really love this scene, and I love how they handled it in the trailer. Uh, Naomi, what do you think about all this? I'm I'm with Team Tommy here on the anti-trailers just because I think movie trailers are like an emotionally manipulative business to begin with, and it's it's always like too much, and it gives it all away. But I agree. I think like Marvel's been playing it kind of smart. They did it with the WandaVision trailer too, right? They didn't go too far ahead in the future. They didn't give away. There was just like a video release of like the the actors who play their kids watching the trailer and being like, "Wait, we're not in it," <laughs> which is very funny. <laughs> it's like, of course you're not fucking in it. Like you're a spoiler, dumbass. Um, but I, <laughs> what I really liked about this fight is it was really I didn't love the fight in the first episode. It felt really really long. All the flying through rocks, all the explosions. Which like, what are, what is the legality of blowing up like? rocks rock formations in a foreign country i would uh, i would say that that's probably worse than flying into airspace um but they that fight to me was really really boring and this fight was really exciting on the contrary you kept introducing new elements you kept uh the the threat was real the fighting was good and you you felt like there was a chance that they were gonna lose and get really hurt i feel like that's always the key to a good marvel fight it also reminds me of like you know, all the X-Men movies, they always had like truck smashing and like, you know, people like Magneto flinging open metal doors and shit. So it felt very reminiscent of that. And I liked it a lot. Yeah. Tommy, what do you think about all this? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I totally agree. Uh, this fight was so entertaining. Um, it had all my emotions going all over the place. Uh, and, and this really, you know, we're really haven't even touched on it. You said, well, kind of, we said rest in peace. Poor Red Wing. Right off the bat, we lose Red Wing. Uh, did you see all his brilliant x-ray vision? You know, earlier Bucky made fun of Red Wing, and we didn't even get like a little funeral for Red You know, Red Wing is the MVP of this episode. I'm so sad. I almost couldn't watch the rest of the episode. I almost just turned it <laughs> off right there. Wait, Tommy, what if, because you mentioned this before, in the comics, Falcon has an actual Falcon. What if killing Red Wing off was the way to introduce the actual Falcon? Maybe that maybe this is them finally retconning the robot bird with a real bird. Would you be all right with that? Like a phoenix, Red Wing will rise again. We love to hear it. You you can imagine my boyfriend leaned over to me and was like, actually, Red Wing in the comics is a real bird. I was furious. I was like, I'm sorry, this could have been a bird the whole time. And like he could have had a fucking bird with little goggles on. And it's not happening. So I'm uh, Michael, I hear what you're saying. A thousand percent I'm rooting for a real bird to show up. Like that is the only thing I care about and why I will continue to watch this series. Yes. I, I just hope you can also like talk to him though through like I hope the telepathness <sighs> yes. of it comes through too. I feel like he's going to it's gonna be like a chip implant into a falcon, right? Because uh I don't know if they would really like have a falcon that would listen to him in any way. And he doesn't clearly clearly doesn't have those powers now. So I feel like he's going to like he's gonna put a microchip in the Falcon, and that's gonna be questionable, but it's gonna be a cool Falcon. I think it'd be very funny if they gave him a Falcon and gave Hawkeye a hawk, and then they were just like they just started fighting in the air. Like imagine Civil War, like I don't remember if they were on the same side. But like if the, the birds were going at each other, like that would be so good. 
So instead of Avengers babies, you're saying like Avengers animals and everyone gets like a little animal that yeah. they have fight each other. And everybody gets fucked up by uh what are they riding? Rhinoceros in Wakanda? Like whatever whatever uh Daniel Kaluye was riding, everyone just gets destroyed by that. <laughs> yes. Um so I, I want to point this out. Um Aaron Kellyman, who plays uh Carly in this show, I don't know if you knew this, Tommy, but she plays Emphis Nest in Solo a Star Wars story. Which I love. This is this is a preview to my news story a little bit later. I love when we mix up because uh, obviously this is a show about Star Wars and Marvel. That's that's what we love here. And uh, we get an actress from Star Wars coming into Marvel. So super excited to see her here. She's awesome. And she has a really cool accent, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's it. No, no other love for the accent. Oh, um, I, I was like, going to let Tommy go off um, before I ranted about this actress in a good way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the accent was fine. Uh, listen, I got too, many, too much accent talk in WandaVision. Uh, <laughs> there was too much accents. Uh, love accents though. So, you know, great accent. Uh, I also, you know, I'll, I'll let Naomi go off about the actress, but I also want to point out Hoskins in this and was, was brought in, you know, Battlestar uh, directly from the comics. That was a fun little, fun little thing there too. Uh, speaking of good and bad names here, Battlestar is about as cool as it gets, right? Good name. Says it all right there. <laughs> my boyfriend texted me oh that actress was in star wars and i was like i don't okay and then he was like oh she was in solo and i was like oh that's a movie i definitely remember because uh i don't like solo but i love this actress she's awesome i wrote in my notes i care so much more about super soldier girl than any marvel character i've ever seen before she's she's cool she's got this cool kind of world she's got her accent that makes her feel so worldly and she's, I mean, you know why she's cast. She's got a great look, uh, super interesting. And um, I think she delivers on every single like performance aspect that she's asked to give in this episode. And like, I, I can't wait to see what else she does. Um, and I love, I love how this episode is trying to be like, ooh, they're bad, maybe. And like, it's like, okay, clearly they're not bad. Clearly they're just trying to like solve the world or something, but nobody's realized what they're trying to do yet. And so they're scared. Like I, I, that's, I guess we'll get into predictions, but not the bad guys. That's my prediction for them. Interesting. And, and I was going to go the opposite route. Cause I, I think they, at least outwardly, uh, and maybe that you're right. They're going to do the whole switcheroo outwardly. I would say they're doing more malicious stuff, right? They're stealing things, um, they're fighting our heroes, um, which sucks because John Walker is such a loser, but he's doing more nice things. And uh, Carly is way cooler, but more doing more bad things. So that's that's where my head's at. I'm a little torn here. So Tommy, what do, what do you think? Uh, are you buying into the uh, Flag Smashers being good by any chance? I'm with Naomi again. I just think me and Naomi are on. Last time you had your brother. Now I have Naomi on my side. Um, because yeah, I think it's the whole switcheroo. You're going to see John Walker. He's going to, you know, I have my theories, but I, I think there's more going on specifically with, I think the super soldier serum is the key that's going to connect all the dots for all these things that get brought in, you know, between the flag smashers, between John Walker and power broker, uh, who comes in later on. Um, I think all of it's connected. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, 
yeah, we we get this fight. Uh, I guess yeah. So I, we'll talk about uh, Battlestar, obviously, and uh, our new cap shows up, and uh, new caps using a gun, which uh, you know, I guess that's fine. Um, that's okay, right? Is it okay that he's using a gun? I don't care, but that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> I also wrote that this. This, I, I wrote this episode is basically battle of the interracial friendships. It really was just like, hey, this is this is we're we're Captain America and my friend. And then I was like, we're Captain America's friends. Fuck you. And it was it was really I I again I really like this episode, but I thought that was funny that that's basically what this episode kind of came out to be. Yeah, I will say I I I, I said that the worst thing he said was being Cap's friend. I, this might be the worst. I, I feel like this was such a shot at Falcon, right? Because um, they gave Cap his own black sidekick. Like that's it, it feels very weird in the way that uh, this is basically the same configuration that the original Captain America had. So that that this might be the worst look on their part, right? I do want to say before we jump into the next scene. Um, imagine driving down this highway. Can we, like, you are a, a civilian and there are these trucks and this battle. Why are you still driving down the highway? I would stop. I would go backwards. I'm out of here. I'm not getting involved in this. I wrote I wrote in my notes, uh, Captain America shield equals Nissan Ultima because, because Captain America throws his shield, catches his friend, and then he just falls into a Nissan behind him. And it's like they just did the same thing. And honestly, you could probably hit someone with the same strength of a car with that shield. So, like, maybe Captain America should just get a car. I don't know. But it, that was very funny to me. Like, some guy, like you're saying, Tommy, like some poor guy on the, on the road in a Nissan just gets his car fucked up by Captain America. What does that Nissan do now? Do they have to go to their insurance company and be like, hey, so Captain America, do you get insurance? Does Captain America yeah, have insurance? Is the government going to pay for that? Like, what just happened? And why is he? Why was he driving behind them the whole time? They're dead. Uh, yeah. So uh, we'll, we will we'll go to the the next scene here, and, and I don't even know if we need to talk about this scene much. Uh, we 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 touch on the flag smashers a lot. Um, we get just a little closer look at maybe their little hideout, um, and uh, they have a secret whistle. Um, that's interesting, right, Tommy? Tommy, do we need cool. a Star Wars whistle? Is that a thing? Yes, I do think we need a secret whistle. Maybe like one of those slide whistles that's like whoop. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> or, yeah, not even a slide one, like those ones that um, it's like a, it's just a, a rod and you turn it upside down. And it goes, and it just oh, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like the yeah. little like, oh, that'd be so yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah. And then when we're done, we go whoop. Like we undo it. We'll <laughs> yeah. Mission, mission complete. All right, yeah, congrats, audience. Yeah. You have just now been let in on the uh, Star Wars whistle, which actually requires a tool. So good luck buying that and participating. Yeah, get out of your um, local store. Did you also, guys pick I, up any... Sorry, go ahead. No, you 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 knocked it out. I, I was just going to ask if anyone else had anything on this thing, because it really is nothing. We get, we get the cool whistle. We get one world, one people. That's all I got out of this. Yeah, I actually thought this was the scene was like mayhem was going to occur in this scene. I think just because I've been watching so many shows where like somebody will show up to a safe house and then it's not safe. And I was like waiting for that to happen and it didn't. So I was kind of like, Oh, okay, they're fine. Oh, all right. Fine. Okay. We're moving on. But I, I did like that. Um, that I, I like this group and I feel like we're almost not getting enough character development within the group, which is kind of a shame 
because when we see them later get in trouble, I don't feel any empathy for anybody but main hero super soldier girl. And I feel like the one thing that it was lacking from this episode for me was, was this group. I want to know more about them. I want to know who, who are the friends? Who is the, you know, bullheaded asshole? Like what is the dynamic of this group so that I care when they are getting chased down in the plane? Yeah. I will say the one good thing that like, I liked that they showed that these people, these strangers were just like offering their homes to them. Like clearly they're doing something good because like, no, listen, no stranger is going to offer me or offer me their home there. I'm not going to just show up and someone's going to be like, here, my wife made this food for you. And uh, also here's a bed and here's all this other stuff. Please, please take over my home. No one's doing that for me. Exactly. Yep. So uh, next, uh, next we get, I guess, I guess we kind of skipped over the scene where, uh, where Falcon and Battlestar and Bucky and all of them are riding in the truck. Right. And he's kind of like explaining himself. And again, I, I do kind of sympathize with John Walker here because he's been he's given he's been given the, the best job in the world from a superhero standpoint, right? He's he's been given the Captain America and he wants to do his best. And that's what he's trying to do. And he is genuinely trying to work with Falcon and Bucky. And and he kind of he, it's almost like he wants to be a part of a team. He wants to be an Avenger, right? Like he's not trying to do this alone. He's not trying to steal their thunder. He's just trying to work with them. And that I, I did feel a little bit bad for him in that way. Am I am I crazy, Tommy? I think this was a good scene for him. I do think there's a reason he wants to work with them that I don't necessarily think is good. But that being said, I did like that everyone knows about the big three. And like Bucky's the only one not on, on the secret. Like everyone's like, yeah, it's a big three, of course. <laughs> like that's true. And also, I what I loved about this scene, it, it kind of feels like when you're trying to make friends with your significant other's friends, and you're like, oh yeah, the, like please like me. Please uh, think I'm cool and want to hang out with me. And I, I did feel for John in this moment, but I think he's, he's coming on too strong. You just gotta say like, hey man, you want to hang out with us anytime? Let me know. You want to you wanna have some support in a, in a shootabout? Let me know. I'll be there for you. Because he's he's trying too hard, and he's basically putting his foot in his mouth at every turn and pissing them off. Yeah, he yeah, needs we to be talked about dates. Yeah, we talked about dates last week, and like I think like John Walker needs some lessons on like you know like maybe buy them some flowers first. Uh, <laughs> give them you gotta give them the control, and they, he didn't really give them the control. He showed up in his jeep and was like, "Cool, get in uh, now, please." Yeah, you, you got to imagine, like, if somebody shows up and they're wearing, like, your best friend's costume, you're going to be a little pissed off about it. It's like if somebody showed up to, like, a Spider-Man thing and was like, hey, I'm, I'm dressed as Iron Man. It's like, bro, not the time, my guy. Like, not the time. Yeah, so uh, we'll go we'll go into our next scene here, which this is this is when things get a bit more heavy and... I, I did. I, I really liked this scene when we when we meet um, Isaiah Isaiah Bradley, right? And uh, yep. mm-hmm. so th- they go to Baltimore, Maryland. Bucky tells Falcon that that he he wants him to meet somebody. They go to Baltimore, Maryland, and um, they they meet they meet Isaiah Bradley, who we find out later that he's basically a super soldier and he's he's a black man. And one thing that that was really powerful. And again, we've talked about this a little bit and um, a little bit in WandaVision and a little bit here as well. 
they're re- they're really tackling real world problems in, in the show. And the fact that uh, here's a man who is clearly capable of being the next Captain America, but because he was black, he did not give that role, which is interesting because we have Sam here, another black man who had the opportunity to become Captain America and he gave it up. And you have to wonder, was Sam worried about being treated the way that Isaiah Bradley was? And I think this was a super powerful. I think this is super emotional. And I uh, mean, I hope we see more from Isaiah Bradley. Tommy, what do you think about this whole scene? Yeah, I mean, we see it. This whole episode, I think, was is, is the fact that like this is constantly on Sam's mind. I mean, earlier we hear him with Bucky say like, "Don't tell me about my rights." We we see the scene with the kid, and like, I'm glad they finally touched on that. Of like, it was it was a funny joke of like the 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 Black Falcon and him being like, "What should I call you, like Black Kid?" But it is something that like Marvel has a tendency to do this in the comics all the time of being like, I mean, you get superheroes named like uh, Black Lightning and Black like we don't need to define them <laughs> doing that, you know, and uh, I'm glad they addressed it um, with that. I think the scene with Isaiah, you know, I, we talked about it a little bit last week. I, I thought I saw him at the end. I'm glad they, that it, it is true. Like, you know, those credits were hinting towards the future they weren't like like uh wandavision giving us a million easter eggs and then half of them don't come true uh but yeah i i like the scene i'm glad i, I mean obviously we're gonna get more of isaiah i in the future and, and i thought too it was good for falcon but also good for bucky i mean the whole conversation of isaiah just not forgiving him yet and that's bucky's whole arc right now Yeah, what'd you think of Isaiah Bradley, Naomi? Yeah, I so I know he has like previous origins that I basically haven't seen, but I thought that that this character development, like again, I, I feel like something that this show is more successfully than WandaVision is developing characters within the 40 minutes they're given or the less than 40 minutes where it actually feels like I am seeing people learn or change or basically gain new information that changes their their worldview right and that's what i really liked about this scene and i think that um the actors are doing such a good job and i feel like that's that's the most sometimes the hardest part about being like a superhero is that it's really hard to sell what's going on in the situation you know it's like it's why they look goofy when there's no cgi going on and i thought that uh both of them do a really good job of like selling how upsetting this situation is and i i really think again this kind of goes back to like what uh is happening in the episode is like don't trust the government like don't trust the government kids there's something going on and they clearly did fucking terrible things and um although i do love that they're like well steve didn't know like they have to protect him so much they're like he had no idea it's okay and (laughs) that made me laugh a little bit but overall a really good scene and um especially like with the cop outside afterwards, I think um, is a good example of like just, just how much like kind of shit Bucky and, and Sam kind of get as, as people like they really are like kind of the most shit on characters. I think we've seen in a while, like just overall, right. They're always getting the shitty under the stick. They're always kind of like, you know, Bucky like has to jump in a like Bucky gets put through so much bullshit and he's in such a terrible emotional place. And I feel like they're both really kind of the the low totem pole. And it's good to sort of see that take effect in the real world and not just in like, you know, you're you're not in the front of the poster in the Avengers movie. You know, it like really sort of has actual things. 
Yeah, that that and that was super powerful too. And the and the fact that like the 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 cop was so worried about uh, just the the way he looked at it, at Sam Wilson here. He he saw him as a black guy, right? He didn't see him as an Avenger. He didn't see him as a another person in the neighborhood. Like he he immediately assumed that there was there was something bad going on, right? And the way he treated him, and we even see the comparison when when uh, Bucky, who actually did do something wrong, who actually did have a warrant out for his arrest, that cop treated him completely differently, and he was way nicer in the way he put his handcuffs on him and kindly put him in the back of the car. It, it makes you wonder how the roles would have been if it was reversed. Um, one thing I want to I want to make sure we don't skip over here because I mentioned that I read the Young Avengers recently, and I don't know Isaiah Bradley really well, but I do know his son, and I know his son is a Young Avengers. In, in the Young Avengers, so I'm super excited. It was it was almost like like if I had not read uh, the Young Avengers this year, like I would not have picked up on this at all uh, because this character is kind of brushed over so briefly. Like he answers the door and then introduces him to Isaiah Bradley, but uh, yeah, we we get we got an introduction to a Young Avengers here, um, which makes me wonder: Are we seeing him again, Tommy? I think at this point, it's it's basically confirmed we're getting Young Avengers. We have seen too many Young Avengers at this point, too many references to Young Avengers that we're getting. And yeah, I was wondering if you were going to pick up on this. I was, I was going to save it for the end. But yeah, he's the Patriot, which I know from the uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance games. Back in the day, that's when I was first introduced to the Patriot. But uh, it was. I think we are getting Young Avengers. I think to me, this is confirmed now. Yes, we love that. We're rooting for the Young Avengers. So, um, yeah, we'll move on. We'll move on. Anything else on this scene? No. I I did like what they, I did love that scene with the kid where he's like, why don't you want to be Black Falcon? And it's also like, I think it's a good point of like, we have our amazing story of Black Panther and like, again, like a story of like, not not seeing like an impoverished Africa like we see in so much media. And I think that that can be its own thing and it doesn't need, and like Sam is saying, and I think I, I'm sure that um, Anthony Mackie probably feels this way as well is like, we don't need to make it Black Falcon. Like, and, and this is, I think uh, a good connector to like what people talk about in the media. Like, oh, you can't have like black characters in like the middle ages and stuff like that where it's like what do you mean like we that that's what are you talking about and i think it kind of weaves its way into that idea of like he can just be the falcon and that doesn't and and then he can also be a black man and it doesn't have to make it like you don't have to name him that just because and i think it's 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 a good scene to throw in the in the show in general and i I thought again like this is a very well written well written episode and so i thought that like these are some of the scenes that really highlight how, how good the writing on this particular episode is. Yeah. And I think too, going off that, like with the cop scene, it's like, if it, if you, someone is watching it and it makes you uncomfortable, like, good, this is reality. Like this is not that, that stuff is not TV. Like that stuff does happen in the real world. And I'm glad Marvel's finally like touching on that stuff. And, and I wish they did it in the movies, but like you said, the TV they have, I, I'm with you, Naomi. I like TV a little bit more just because you do have such, you have six hours sometimes to tell, to tell a story over two hours, three hours. And then people complain it's too long. Like they're telling stories and, and bringing awareness, hopefully to, to some of the issues in our real world. Yep. And uh, that's, what's so great about these Marvel series. They're giving us room to do that kind of stuff. So we love that. Um, yeah. We- 
uh, we will. I'll go to our next scene here, and this is that we get we get a uh, good guy John Walker again, right? He's a hero. He bails Bucky out of jail, and come on, I mean, come on, he bailed him out. I mean, I'm sure he's a like the government's card on that one, right? I mean, insane that he can just be like Bucky doesn't need to go to therapy anymore because I say so as Captain America. Like, what the fuck? Why does he have the authority to do that? I don't understand. He's Captain America. Like, he's like the president. <laughs> bro the president can't just like pardon everybody like what the fuck man that just was a little absurd. john and his therapist doesn't give a shit either she's just like yeah, all right fine. fine last she, session he does something super strange here which i've never heard about in any sort of therapy or anything uh set up this way where she on the spot just asked the guy to, you're a part of the therapy session now so come on uh sam wilson comes in they're doing and this is i mean like it was weird that they needed to do like for, first and foremost, it was weird that he was able to just call off the therapy sessions. But secondly, it was weird that they were like, okay, we'll, we'll just do one more like in this back room with your friend. Right. That didn't, I didn't buy into this. Yes, in Dr. Rayner's defense. Okay. She did. She wanted probably more therapy sessions, but John Walker really twisted her hand and was like, Hey, you're only doing one more. And she's like, well, at some point, I'm assuming what it was, was like, at some point she wanted to bring Falcon in because she knows there's this animosity there. She knows a lot of uh, buried, a lot of uh, Bucky's Bucky's fears, a lot of Bucky's stuff has to do with, with Falcon. And, and they're so connected with the Steve stuff. I think at some point she was going to bring Falcon in anyways. I think this just like sped it up a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, and, and like couples couples therapy is obviously a real thing. And I think that you can actually um I know my therapist has said it to me sometimes is like, oh, do you want to bring in this person you're having a conflict with? Usually my boyfriend. And I'm like, no, I think it's okay. But it's it's like you can bring people into a therapy session if you think it's gonna be beneficial for both of you. And I kind of like that she's basically like, All right, you can get rid of me, but not before I make them look at each other real hard. And that was, I think, another good element of the show is like the um, the emotional side of these characters because these emotions are running deep and they feel much more real and realized than just like I'm so sad that everybody died because Thanos snapped his fingers. Like obviously that weight is very very deep, but like we saw it with like um uh uh is it Mon is it Monica Rambo? Because I just I get hurt that's or, right, they, that's right. why would you name both of them m like so with monica rambo we see the emotions of like losing her mother and being a part of the blip and we get to see that in much more detail and in this series we get to see like the emotions of losing captain america and the emotions of the pressure of being a avenger and i think that uh this is all to say that i'm glad that we're like having men show emotions as superheroes i think it's progressive i think it's a good idea and I think they're executing it pretty well. And that's like the trifecta, right? They're doing it well and it's a good TV moment and it's like good to see on TV in general. Yeah, I just didn't like that. Falcon seemed to shut down when Bucky showed emotion. You know, Bucky started yeah. to open up and then Falcon completely was like, I don't want to talk to you ever again. Bucky just explained why he's upset. He's 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 feeling struggling with his own identity, his own like feeling of self-worth. And you just told him you never want to talk to him again. That's not good, Falcon. It's not great. Yeah, I mean, look, you got to go to a you got to go to a lot of therapy to be really good at handling your emotions. So she will be seeing them Tuesday next week. But like, 
it, yeah, that was the one moment where I was like, oh, come on, goddammit. <laughs> yeah, so it, it was uh, it was interesting. Uh, Tommy, do you have something else on that? Yeah, I mean, I, I will say against Dr. Rainer, I get that like they're superpower creatures, you probably can't like go too hard, but like what they you just had a breakthrough with Bucky. You didn't really fight to keep them in that room. You were just like, cool, they can go now. But like, that's a huge breakthrough. I thought when Bucky said that, I'm like, dig deeper, get it. Like, I'm like, I'm putting my therapy hat on. I'm like, all right, like, what, where is this coming from and all this stuff? And then they were just cool. We're going to dip. Listen, there's only 10 minutes left in this episode. We can't do a whole therapy. Let's go. Like, that's how it felt a little bit. Bro, when your patient is somebody who constantly has to ask, what was rule number two again? Or like, whatever the no hurting people rule was. If he can't remember that, I think that's a sign. I think it's a little bit of an indicator of where he is at mentally. Like, obviously. Okay. Yeah, no, um, you're right. You're right. Also, I feel like we forgot to mention this. Uh, the whole joke about Bucky reading The Hobbit when it came out originally was fucking awesome. <laughs> Bucky got roasted so much. Like, that was great. And then the Bucky staring thing is one of my... Like, multiple yeah. people are like, does he have a stare? Like, is he okay? <laughs> like... I love it. He's too cool. He just stares. That's a that's a cool people deal. Another cool. Put it in. Yep. Yeah, put it a tally mark. Cool dude alert. Bucky Burns. Yeah. So uh, they they exit they exit therapy session. They go outside, and then this is where they meet uh, John Walker again. And he he's ready to dive back into the mission, right? He's he's uh look, I, I just helped you out. Uh, you, I scratched your back. You scratched mine. And I, I'll say this was another probably another blemish on his resume of being. Uh, an annoying douche um, when he says, when he tells them to stay out of his way, if he's not going to, if they're not going to help. So um, yeah, th this was, uh, this was interesting. Um, what, what, what'd you think about all of this, Tommy? Yeah. I, I thought he, again, coming on too strong, like Naomi said, and then right at the end, I thought that was kind of his true colors when he's like, if you're not going to be with me, then you're against me. Kind of <laughs> you're against me, Russell. Like that's how it felt. Um, uh, <laughs> Because he he was just like he turned on it was like a switch and he's just like all right fine like get out of here like also if, if that's all he felt just put him back in jail like you literally bailed him out <laughs> if he's not with you put him back <laughs> yeah I want my money back yeah I think I think um I don't know if we talked I, I to me like the character's a little one dimensional but when you analyze it obviously it's there like he's an army guy right he comes from like where people are working together in tandem and they know that they're working together and they're all you know one big group making sure that something gets done and i think that's where the story comes from of like he's pissed off that they won't work with him but i agree it's like bro like first of all like the hundred year old motherfucker who has been through so much I think we can go easy on him. The other guy, like, you're not even paying him enough. Why does he want to help you? Like, that's what I don't understand. Maybe if you're like, hey, Sam, we'll give you a bonus if you come help Captain America. Like, give him the financial incentive and he will come over, like, and he'll come help you. But, like, why? Why? There's no incentive for, and that's what I think that this character is, you know, it's the fun, infuriating, stupid villain is, like, he's so dumb that he doesn't realize that, like, you need to incentivize Sam and Bucky to help you. And those are the two people who are like, they don't really care about, they're not going to just be incentivized by like the greater good. Like they have missions to do. So back the fuck up, Captain America 2.0. This, this is what Falcon should have said. Falcon should have said, okay, John Walker, we'll help you. But you and your buddy 
and Bucky are coming onto my ship boat, shrimp boat. We're going to get shrimp. We're going to start a yeah. shrimp restaurant and then we'll make some business and then we can go fight uh, all these yeah. bad people. Sharks, I'm looking for a $5 million investment into my shrimp boat. Um, like, yeah, that. there you go. There's your answer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, I, the, I'm down if these guys become pirates later okay. on, but I guess that's yeah. a story for another show. Um, but yeah, we go back, we go back to our, our flag cutters here and, um, they're, they're about to fly off. I guess they have the super, the super soldier serum with them and, uh, they're getting, they're getting hunt down by the power broker men. Right. Um, which I, I basically, I know that's Tommy, you've, you mentioned them there in the comics. Um, are you excited about, are you excited about the power brokers coming into this? I think it opens up a new realm it, it it adds another layer to this i don't know if what they had was the serum i think it was genuinely medicine but i do think someone took the serum from power broker and they want it right because the power broker's whole thing is like from my knowledge of them they they deal out the serum like that's their thing they give it to people it's it's that's their that's their commodity and if you take that what do they have they don't have shrimp they don't have superhero serum what are they supposed to do how are they supposed to make money they're gonna say superhero shrimp <laughs> cinnamon toast shrimp oh no not that get that out of this podcast <laughs> i don't need to think about that i had forgotten about that too like my life had passed along enough to forget about that and now i'm back in it it's bad i'll um, never forget never never forget i'm i guess I'm, I'm trying to think of what tv show i watched recently that it reminded me of but now i can't like but it, it's that classic sort of like you're trying to you're being sort of suffocated by somebody who wants money or financials or whatever it is. And I like that this is part of the story. Um, I don't think I even noticed that like the text message was from the power broker because I would have written that down because what a fucking hilarious name to have in your contacts. Um, like, <laughs> Oh, like, Oh, the power broker is trying to FaceTime me. Hang on guys. Like it's, it's very funny. <laughs> Do you think you would just call them PB? Like, I feel like I would just, I would be, I'd just be like, hey, it's PB, PB's text. Yeah, I would write like Power B. Yeah. <laughs> Power B? That sounds like a rapper. <laughs> well, I, it sounds like a, a, a gay man, a power bottom, which would be very <laughs> funny. And I would, I would write that in my, I would, I see, I, that's what I do. I'd write Power B and then I'd think that every time they texted me. They haven't had would, the power. I'd be less scared. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, we don't have it confirmed yet. It, power broker could be a power B. We don't know. Yeah, we don't know. We don't know. Marvel's being a lot, being very progressive lately, and it can be whatever. Every character is different now, in a good way. Yeah, but I look. I love the sacrifice from unnamed, uh, unnamed flag smasher sacrificing himself so the other ones can get away. Uh, I thought that was good, and yeah, I mean, I think just introducing power broker again just adds another layer to this story that we're creating yeah we get carly in the plane she gets a single tear for our, uh unnamed uh yes. uh unnamed uh <laughs> goon i guess you would call him yeah this is uh, this is steal- what i'm saying go ahead bobby go for it yeah don't steal that move that's vision's move don't do the one tear carly that's vision's thing uh it's been done bitch yeah i think that like the this is what I was saying about like the, the story development of these characters is like, I don't feel anything like I don't feel anything when that guy gets gunned down 
because I don't know who he is. I don't, I don't know anything about their relationship. And I almost wish that there was more emotion from her because to me, um, this, like the scene was pretty silent, like not a lot of dialogue going on. And I think that that's really the place that could have used the most improvement is there should have been more dialogue. I wanted to hear like, give me, all you need is like two lines to give like a little bit of characterization to who these people are. And then I would know. And um, that's just like the, like the screenwriter in me of like, I want to know who these characters are so I can know what their relationship is. So when we lose somebody immediately, I understand that this is a loss for Carly and this is a loss for her group. And instead it's just kind of like, Oh, she's sad. All right. Play take it off. Bye bye. Like there's no kind of like emotional depth for me there. Yes, and this is I've touched on this before, and I think I think this is the biggest issue with our Marvel shows right now. Um, because yes, we have John Walker, and then we have the Flag Smashers, and now we have the Power Brokers. And next episode, we're about to get to the reveal of Zemo coming in. We've got so many different elements of different groups and organizations and villains and masked heroes and it's so much being packed, and especially this one, which is only six episodes, there's so much being packed in that it's hard to give anything 100% good coverage, even, even in the six hours that we have, right? Because we're, we're, trying to, we're trying to shine a spotlight on some of the real world issues. We're trying to give Bucky and Sam their, their, the platform that they've, that they've been robbed of before. And here we are with all of these different villain entities, and none of them are 100% being doled out to us. I'd say John Walker, we had a, good, a pretty good insight into him, but even him, like... Uh, we know that he's a guy who is in the military that's Captain America now. There's still not yeah. a whole... Uh, where, is he come, where is he from? Who is his family? You know, like... Michael, how could you forget? He has a hot wife. Like, that's all that... I can't believe you forgot. I literally forgot. That's all I got. Like, <laughs> I, I, I that's how little we're getting on him. I, like... Um, but, yeah. What I do you want... Like this... what, do you want each of them to, like... Like, when they get introduced, they're like, Hi. I'm John Walker and my child sells lemonade on beach street every Tuesday. Like they just give like little blurbs of their, their backstory. Not, not, not even that necessarily just cut out, cut out John Walker or, or cut out the flag smashers. I don't think that we need both in the show and maybe they will have a way to tie it all together, but we've got too much going on together. That's yeah. And I think, I think if we wait, I, I think they're going to be tied together in some way. I think like it's all going to in the same way that like WandaVision, I feel like we have the same gripes about that. And and yeah. I don't know if WandaVision really stuck the landing. I think it will. When, once we're done, Michael, I think you're going to see like the characters other than the unnamed thugs on, on Carly's team. I don't think we're going to get any backstory on them. Yeah. I was just going to say that WandaVision I think is, is a really bad example of like not tying your threads together. And I think I had the same problem with, you know, sometimes Vision touches their heads, right? And then they, they're like, oh my God, I haven't seen my mom. Where's my mom? And then he just is like, shut up, shut up, shut up. And I feel like that was a great element to be explored that never got touched upon. And it was just supposed to be like, one is just like, um, can you please like leave me alone? I like lost my robot boyfriend and that's what happened in the end. And so I think that uh, hopefully they do tie together. I think they do. I agree with you, Tommy. But my bigger hope is that it's like a better defined um, emotional arc for these flag smashers. Um, and like, 
I, you know what? My thing is, if, if we're going to have more time for these guys, cut out cut out army guy who loves to look at his phone. I'm tired of him. I'm so tired of him, and it's been two episodes that he had, like, one line in this one. I, I don't care about this guy who, like, understands what NFTs are, probably. Like, I get... I lose this character. For me, that's the big character to lose. Torres can't go. We, we, he can't go, if anybody... He can leave... <laughs> no, he's from the comics. We had to keep him in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's so uh, much we, yeah, we yeah. have to have in there. But so next, uh, we'll kind of wrap it up here. And I touched on it briefly, but um, they're seeking out the help of Zemo. Zemo from uh, Baron Zemo from Civil War. Um, I think this is a bad idea, personally, right? I mean, uh, this is never going to get like Zemo does not like Avengers. Like, I don't know that he's going to want to help you guys, but. Hey, more power to you. They're going to get Zemo. Uh, what do you think, Tommy? Are you excited to see Zemo next week? Speaking of like speaking of character development, this is a character that I was so disappointed with because I love Zemo from the comic, and I was so disappointed with what they did with him in Civil War that I am excited to get more backstory of him and get more character development of him. But did anyone else get like Silence of the Lambs vibe from this idea? Like this feels, did they watch Silence of the Lambs? I know Bucky wasn't around, like, you know, Bucky skipped some years, but like this, this to me is going to go bad for them. Uh, Zemo's obviously going to escape. And I will you know, as you said, this is also a Star Wars podcast. Did you notice the cell number uh, of, of Zemo's cell? I did not hit me with it. What's going on here? You know, both Zemo and Princess Leia share the same cell number. Oh, I love that. That was cute. That's cute. Uh, this, I, I just wanted to pitch to you guys, uh, which is called the Substitute Boyfriend segment, where uh, normally my boyfriend would explain to me who this guy was, but he was not here when I watched this episode. Um, so can you guys tell me who this guy is again? Because I forgot. <laughs> Yeah, I'll do my best here. Tommy, maybe you can back me up. Uh, Baron Zemo, he was in Civil War. So you said you saw all the Tom Holland movies. You, yeah, you did I, did see technically, I did technically see Civil War. Um, do I remember it? No. Well, and, and to be fair, like we said, he, he didn't necessarily get all the screen time that he wanted. But he was basically the man behind the scenes. He One of the two things that he does, or I guess the big thing he does, is he uses Bucky. He He's able to brainwash Bucky and turn him back into the Winter Soldier. So mm. he kind of has ends with Hydra. And I guess his big thing at the end was that he showed uh, Iron Man footage that Bucky killed Iron Man's parents and his whole thing yeah his whole thing was i can't kill the avengers so i'm gonna make them kill each other that was like his whole goal and the reason he did this he was originally uh i guess he was part of the sokovian special forces and if you remember in avengers age of ultron they picked up the city of sokovia and dropped it and killed millions of people and his family was part of this that the casualties there so um his whole thing is he hates avengers right they killed his family so this, yeah. Does, yeah, does that Age of Ultron scene remind you of like when Patrick and SpongeBob is like, we take it and push it somewhere else? That's what I always think. Of. <laughs> um, Let's take Sokovia and move yeah. it somewhere else. I love that. More SpongeBob <laughs> well, references. Uh, well, I okay, I kind of remember this guy vaguely. I definitely remember like um, him trying to like activate the Winter Soldier again, um, and I honestly. Again, that's a really good villain thread, right? It's like, let's have them in fight. Let's create chaos. So I'm excited for him to come back. Um, and, 
you know, uh, congratulations. You've explained to me who this character was. <laughs> awesome. Um, so that, that wraps up our episode here. Uh, we got, we got nothing else. I don't think, right guys, are y'all good to wrap this up? Predictions. Yes. Let's talk about predictions. Tommy, I know, I know you have predictions, so, um, hit us with them. Picture this. Okay. So I can't take full credit. Me and my roommate kind of came up with it together. I think it's all connected in the sense that I think John Walker has been being supplied superhero serum by power broker, uh, denying it to the public. Cause of course he wants to be presented as like, no, I'm genuine. Like I'm, I'm no soldier serum. I'm just like everyone else. I, but like they talked about all his tests going so well, him going off the charts he has he he's been he's been holding back a little bit, but I think he's getting some sort of serum through Power Broker, and I think that's why he's so passionate about stopping the flag uh, smashers because they've been taking his supply, and he's working for Power Broker on the side to get those supplies back. Um, I think the flag smashers took it so that they could really help the world, and now they owe this debt to power broker and i think power broker is going to end up being the big big bad of the like he's at the top and then you have these two things with the flag smashers yeah like they're using superhero serum not great but doing good you have john walker who who's under power broker's thumb and uh that's what i think is going to happen i think we're going to see all that come through superhero serum is going to be at the key uh we'll probably get some isaiah fighting that'll be fun uh at some point and uh you know we'll see what happens that's my that's my prediction yeah tommy i didn't necessarily have like i, I i'm on board I, I, I love everything you said um I, I don't really have anything aside from that like i think with uh wanted vision we're probably pretty separate um but i think that makes sense I, I do think it has to tie in somehow because there are so many different elements like i talked about before it would be weird if it didn't right so uh I, i'm totally on board with that that seems like the natural step here um is the superhero this the super serum? Is this going? Is this like steroids? Is it going to make him like roid out? Like, is that is that what really turns him into a villain? See, and I I don't know. I mean, if if they go down that path, it's really close to. And obviously, this is a different world, and they they they're probably going to retcon it all. But it feels very close to what they did in Jessica Jones with Duke, um, who was in in Jessica Jones, where it's like he took these pills that made him super strong, but he would get very raged. And I'm worried, you know, we talked about that with with um, I already forgot his name, but the the government bad guy in WandaVision, right? Like it's like it felt just like Pierce over again. Uh, I don't want them to just keep repeating these villains of like, all right, rinse and repeat. Here's stereotypical bad uh, government guy. Here's stereotypical bad military guy. Like let's let's do something else. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, Naomi, do you have any predictions for this series? Yeah, I think I have two main ones. Um, I actually think that uh, the super serum, I think we're going to see uh, John Walker have to, like, choose to inject himself with the super serum. That's kind of my thought, is that, like, that would be a great scene of him, him basically realizing, like, he can't compete in the big leagues unless he takes it, um, and then maybe something goes wrong. And then my other thing is, I think the power broker is that lone guy from the first episode who didn't give Sam his money. That's my prediction. <laughs> I, that, I mean, look, uh, there have been crazier theories here on Star Wars, so uh, <laughs> I like it a lot. Yeah, that's all I got. 
Um, so yeah, that, that's our episode here. Those are our predictions, and um, I guess we'll jump into our news and recommendations. Naomi, I don't know if you have any news and recommendations, but I, I think uh, myself and Tommy will go ahead and we'll talk about ours, and mm-hmm. if you've got something, you could throw it into. Um, okay. I, I feel like I've recommended this already, but I can't remember, um, but I'm going to do it anyways. It's going to get a second recommendation. Um, it's a show that that came out on Netflix that didn't get a lot of love, and I don't know why. Um, there's a show on Netflix. It's a Netflix original. It's a zombie show. It's called Black Summer. Now, this is like... I love zombie stuff, but my issue with 90% of zombie movies are not great, right? They're not... They're not really crafted in a in an artistic way there's nothing ever super original going on um but what i will say about summer is everything from the cinematography to the writing to the style of fighting um and, and the entire the entire season basically feels like one long chase sequence and it's 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 really insane and especially compared to something like the walking dead the walking dead is a lot more about like the people and like uh and black summer gets into that a little bit but it's way more about like the horror of living in a zombie apocalypse and it is an absolute adrenaline thrill ride and i highly recommend it to anybody who likes zombie stuff black summer on netflix is my recommendation so tommy you got one for us yes i have a recommendation and I've it's been in my news stories. I think I recommended the source material, but now I can officially recommend Invincible on Amazon Prime. The first three episodes are out. Oh my gosh, it's exactly listen. This this <laughs> comic means so much to me, and just seeing it uh, live and just in per- oh, it's everything I wanted it to be. No spoilers because every every episode just is exactly what it needs to be uh what they've changed is perfect it builds up characters that i need them to build up um i love steve that's all i'll say i love the, the, he's introduced really early he's a security guard he's great uh and I'm, I'm excited for his future and uh, i think everyone should just check it out tommy should we should we say it now i mean because i feel like like if we really want to double down on this recommendation, I think the best way to motivate people to watch this is by saying that we'll podcast about it. Right. So I think, I think we, I, have, to. I think we have to, we've, we've talked about a bonus episode for a while and I watched the first three episodes and I was absolutely blown away. Uh, this show is absolutely insane. So I highly recommend it. And at the end of the season, Tommy and I will talk about it. So there you have it. You should watch invincible Naomi. I I was probably planning on it. Um, I that's one of the shows where like I have to coordinate with my hashtag boyfriend and figure out like when we're gonna watch it. But we're we're the Sopranos right now, so it's a lot. You know, we got a lot going on. <laughs> All right. So do you have a recommendation? Oh. I want to know what Tommy's about to say. I was going to say, all I, all I say, Naomi, just don't look anything up about the show. No. It's like a show you can't be spoiled on. Okay. Okay. I'll be. I'll be uh, I'll be safe online. Um, my recommendations are twofold. Um, I think if you if you want to watch a movie, um, there's two movies that I watched recently that were great: uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, which is an amazing film, and then um, Kong Skull Island. Fucking slapped. I watched it like drunk a couple days ago, and it was awesome. 
So I would suggest that for anybody who's just looking for some, like a lot of explosions and shit. Um, and then uh, I always recommend the television program Taskmaster, which is on YouTube. And it's one of my favorite quarantine shows. It's British, but it's really accessible. And it's just, it's so fun. And um, Taskmaster is something that you can even like get involved in and do yourself. And like it, it I can't recommend enough just tuning in and checking out what the show is actually all about because it's so good. Yeah, and also I, I've recommended Kong School Island on the show before. I love it. It is a it is a perfect movie. I know a lot of people hate it. I think it's perfect. I, I love it so, so much. And why don't you Godzilla like my letterbox review of it? What where's the like for my letterbox oh, yeah. review? Like yeah, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have to work on that one. Mm, mm. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, so but we'll hop into news stories here. I've got one. I kind of teased it earlier. It's it's about a, a possible, this is not confirmed, but it's a possible Star Wars Marvel crossover going on here. Um, so, and, and I'm not, I'm not totally, you know, Naomi might even know more about this kind of stuff than I do, but I'm not totally sure how this works. But when, when people are preparing a movie, they, they'll share the script around and, and maybe share it with people that might be interested in the script and who they might want to star in it. But an interesting tidbit came out in an interview that Daisy Ridley read the script for Spider-Woman. Um, and she has expressed interest in picking up that role. So, again, I don't know if if she's actually being looked at in the role. Maybe they just wanted her feedback. Um, I think it's oddly specific that they picked her to read the script. I think that means they have interest. I think it's there. And I just want to say I'm on board the Daisy Ridley Spider-Woman train. So, mm. Yeah. Yep. She... You know, it's it's. I I think she's uh, interesting. I would like to see her outside of a Star Wars uh, space, just because it's like it's it got so bogged down. I think by Episode Nine, so I'd love to see her outside of that context. Yes, we love it. Tommy, do you have a new story? Yes, I I do, and and yeah, on the Daisy thing, I I'm interested to see if she can do uh, Spider Woman sass. Like Spider Woman is very gritty and. Uh, you know, I, I think she could do it though. I'm a big Daisy fan, but yes, my new story is very easy because it's what I saw on my Twitter. Uh, the, the cast of Obi Wan is officially, you know, all been. This they're, is they're gonna my film. new story. My new story as well. Tommy, my new story right. as well. We will share this. Uh, this is Tommy and Naomi's new story. Uh, Obi Wan's cast is is out. They are filming. It's it's real. It's happening. Um, Benny Safdie in Obi-Wan. Are you kidding me? I'm freaking out. I mean, I don't know what to say. I'm overwhelmed. I love the Safdie brothers so much. And I just can't stop thinking about like, what the fuck is Benny Safdie going to be in this movie? And I keep, uh, I came up with the idea today that I would like to see like a Watto cut of Uncut Gems where like Watto is Adam Sandler in that movie. And I, I really hope that this means that this can go that product can go forward. Yeah, not to step on toes here, but I, I also I was really close to making this my new story, so that would have been wild. But but um, you didn't, Michael. You I didn't. Did not. That's your did. problem. I switched the last yeah, once minute, ag- actually. Once again, Team Tommy, Naomi, and Michael. Yeah. Sorry, you have your own news story. Yeah, I need a sidekick, guys. So we're gonna work on that. <laughs> but uh, you, you have like a dog or something. You'll be fine. That's your yeah, sidekick. You probably yeah, hear the goggles on your dog. <laughs> you had your brother. He was here last week. He was supporting yeah. you. Yeah, that's true. We'll <laughs> we'll get him back. Uh, but yeah, any, anything else, guys? Uh, I, I think that that ends our episode here. 
Naomi, thanks so much for doing this. Um, I'll give you a moment. If there's anything you want to, uh, if you want to plug to the audience, uh, tell them what you're doing, where they can find you. Um, you can listen to Mike White was robbed, anchor.fm slash Mike White was robbed. And I think also just like any iTunes uh, podcast store, you can find it there. Uh, if you want to be a guest, DM me on Twitter, which is conveniently at Naomi Calhoun, my name. Um, and uh, I've been in a couple podcasts. I have a link tree that you can like listen to episodes, New Girl, Old Guy. I cover live reality games uh, at the Live Reality Games Network. Uh, we're talking Survivor Michigan, Survivor Maryland, Scotty Survivor, Survivor New York. Like any fake Survivor game you want to talk about, you can talk to me about because I will be there for you. Um, and that, that's really it. Um, I'm just trying to, I keep losing Twitter followers. I keep getting so close to like, and then and they slip away. So um, please follow me. I need attention. I'm lonely. Yes, everyone, please follow Naomi on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> we need we need to get that follower count up. So I'm dying here, uh, guys. <laughs> yep. Uh, anything else from you, Tommy? Anything you want to plug? What do you got going on, Tommy? Well, uh, uh, it's not out yet, but this is a, you know for my Stark Warriors. I, I'll give the little the little tease of I've been working on a side project a, away from Michael, but he's obviously welcome and, and will probably join us eventually. Um, is we're doing a Ned's Declassified rewatch podcast with my good friend Jalen Jones. Uh, it will be coming out. I'm probably going to work on it tonight. It's Declassified Survival Guide podcast, and uh, we're going to be going through the series, talking about our awkward school. I'm realizing my school did a lot of things that are not okay and I thought was okay, and now I'm realizing it's not okay to put kids in closets. Who knew? Who knew? Bro, what the? All right, I'm tuning in. Listen to the, po- listen to the podcast. That's all I got to say. So, yeah, I'm working on that, and uh, I got a new plant. I'm a plant dad now, and uh, <laughs> big things, big things happening for me. <laughs> Oh all right guys so uh we'll we'll wrap up here uh thank you so much for being here i also want to give thank yous to uh aaron robertson who did our our song to kick us off here and then ethan kellum who did our logo uh also like to remind you all to rate and review us on itunes five stars preferably um it really helps people out also you can just tell a friend if you know anybody watching uh falcon and the winter soldier or star wars or marvel or anything like that just tell them to come listen to us because um it helps word of mouth is probably the best way to tell people about our podcast so it would be appreciated so um thank you all for listening and that is the end of that see ya thanks for having me bye